the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, Episode 4. How do you stay productive when you work for a company that puts in place a policy which changes the way you manage your tasks? In other words, it forces you to change the way you manage your tasks. You want to be as effective as possible, of course. But is there restrict access to the tools, the task management tools, the calendar, task management app, the, any of the supporting software? Is there restrict access to the task management tools you prefer? You need some strategies to prevent unwanted mistakes from happening. Tune in to this episode of the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. Listen to me and my special guest, Augusto Punon as we solve this challenging problem together. Keep listening. Welcome back. Let's start with a story. What do you mean they've banned all task management apps? Asked Rob. That's what I mean, replied Sue. IT has decided that due to security concerns, anyone who is using Todoist, remember the milk? OmniFocus, anything like that, can no longer use them on corporate servers. Security concerns, they said. It's right here in the email message to all staff. Rob shook his head, trying to quell the heat welling up inside. He couldn't let see Sue see his face turning red. He was determined not to lose it in front of his new boss. It makes no sense. What are we supposed to use instead, he complained. I have no idea. Their version of Outlook doesn't even include the task management feature, so that's out. Do you mean to say that I'm going to be forced to manually enter every task on my smartphone one at a time? Sue shrugged her shoulders before walking away. Our productivity is not their problem, apparently. So folks, welcome to the podcast. And if you're watching the video, as you can see, I have a special guest who has joined us, Augusto Pinal. And I'm going to introduce Augusto by way of his bio. He helps people create small changes that produce a great impact. He's bilingual and happens to be a NASB team specialist. He has a coaching practice, which centers on personal productivity, organizational productivity, the counterintuitive nature of GTD, and some digital coaching tool, coaching on tools like Nasby, Todoist, OmniFocus, and iPad only, among others. As a coach, he focuses on teaching people how to create real impact in their lives by helping them connect invisible dots in their lives. And thanks to him, he suggested the topic that we're on today because I suspect it's one that he says he's seen happening all over the place. Augusto, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Francis. And yes, I wish to tell you that I have not heard Rob and Sue's story, but it's coming and it's happening more and more. And between companies getting ransomware, companies getting things like in the last week, we have seen Blog4Js on servers and stuff. And not having, in many cases, a really a good understanding how to protect yourself from, from all these threats, the decision many companies are doing is closing up. Let's close the tools. Let's limit the tools. Let's limit what people or how people can move information among the tools. And it's making work more challenging. 
uh, well, let's talk. Let's talk about this because the whole business of before we even got even had you know the cloud as a concern. There, it, back in the day, when you and I probably maybe me, you're young, you're a young guy, but when I was <laughs> when I was starting off in the workplace, we didn't even have laptops. So the the the, the, the tools that you had were were all encapsulated in a in a binder. So I had a day timer. So you know, I remember taking a course in my company, and one of the one of the gifts of the of, of taking the course was that you got this big book, you know, that you could write all of your to dos in, and you know, it was it was a mild it was a mild hint on the company's part that they wanted you to be productive, and here was this free tool, this asset you could use to be productive, and you know, you're kind of just told good luck, and then that was it. Then we got laptops and they came with certain tools on them and if we were lucky we you know those those were evolved well first we got desktop computers then laptops then some of us got phones like uh the the blackberry which had productivity tools built into them if you were really lucky you got that and then we got feature phones and then we got smartphones and you know i was a geek so i got a pda before a lot of that. I got a paper planner, um, but as soon as I, on my first job as a paralegal, um, as soon as I could put enough money together to buy a PDA, I bought a PDA and never, never looked back. That came before even work-wise, before the desktop and the laptop came to PDA. Uh-huh. So before, so you got your own PDA, which I remember doing for myself as well. I think much I later than you. But... <laughs> I got my own PDA with my little keyboard, and I remember I was I studying to be so my first formal grown-up job was paralegal, and I was studying to be a lawyer. And I remember getting there. There was I don't know how many of us we were ten or fourteen paralegals. It was a really big log firm, and there were two desktops. So when everybody come at the office at the end of the day, you know, you were fighting for those two things because basically the person who sits first in there could go home. And if you were the last one, you know, you need to wait until everybody put their information. And so I got the PDA with that little foldable keyboard and I was able to put everything in there and synchronize. And because it was five minutes, nobody cared that I did it and just copy paste my information. I. I wasn't and typing wasn't nothing. So that thing was paid off in my book at least the first day. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a I had a uh, an HP that didn't connect to anything uh, as my first PDA. And it was and it wasn't even called a PDA back then. It had no productivity tools in it that I that I can recall. And it, it, it certainly didn't synchronize. It couldn't be backed up. And if you turned it turned it off and lost everything, that was it. It was it was all gone. And if we yeah, had a computer, the Palm Pilot. The first one I have was a Palm Pilot Pro. And oh, upgrade. It has two double triple A batteries, but you could sync up with a computer. Right. That oh, that that has issues in itself because. Um, I had the PDA, but I didn't have a computer in the office, anything else. So I rely on coming back home to be able to synchronize at the PC at home to make backup. So if I make things during the day that I could lose and I could not get home to backup, 
then I was dead I, in the water. I remember that well. And there was no expectation that you would manage your, your productivity following yeah. a company standard. We, I mean, you're right. I remember when there was a computer room in the first job that I had, and you went to the computer room to use the computer. And you're right. I remember the, the you know, you had to put your name on the list and, you know, the whole, and then you got a desktop. And, but even then, you know, the, the, the software that was placed on it, you couldn't really put your own software. At some point, IT would step in and say, no, you can't do that. But then came the cloud, and all of a sudden, we had access to all these great tools, especially productivity tools. And for some, for the most part, for most companies, again, I'm thinking, IT was very sort of offy. They were okay. You could use whatever. They were kind of agnostic. You could use whatever you wanted. And then there were some that came with the Microsoft suite or the Lotus suite back in the day. And then Google came along and now you could use anything from the Google suite and you were good. And now things are changing. So tell us about this this um, vulnerability that so, um, has come about. It's not all IT, you know, so I went to be a lawyer, end up being coaching, but it's what I see on my clients. You know, you could see so many companies going in ransomware, you know, issues with ransomware. Right. For is nothing other than another vulnerability that allows hackers to have the possibility to enter into your system. And what I'm seeing with all this is fear. And we know that people, many people is not careful with the emails they got. The phishing that happened in the email is well known. So corporations, when when corporations felt that the information and risk was the individual, they were not as concerned. Now they feel that this information can risk the company information. They're getting a lot tougher, you know, and even in many cases coming to these policies as we are describing in the problem today and saying, okay, effective, I have a client, effective January 30th. Okay, our computers are going to be all wiped out and no software could be installed that is not pre-approved. We were talking on cross-platform. That's that's your podcast, right? That's another podcast I do with Art Gelwicks. And we have cross-platform is about, you know, the people or anybody who work in cross-platform has an iPad and an Android and a PC and a Mac. What happened, how you move productivity-wise, you know, between all these platforms. But we have a segment on news, and we were talking about a hotel in Europe who got a ransomware, and their solution was to get rid of Windows and move to Chrome. Okay? Sounds easy, no problem. But now imagine you come to your work on Thursday, and they say, we got attacked yesterday, or you come on Monday, we got attacked yesterday, and now... You have no more Windows. Now you are going to use a Chromebook and go online. That is going to be so disruptive. And it is no different than what we are discussing here. It is no different than they told you you cannot use the application of your choice. Those things have a direct impact in productivity, in happiness of your employees, in many things, because 
you are telling people now you cannot do your job in the way you have been doing your job for X amount of months. And, and they're, they're also effectively barring you from solutions that are better than the solutions that they might be offering on, let's say, you know, they may offer a, a, a task management solution or they may offer a calendar, but they're essentially locking you into using that calendar, that solution. Cool. I mean, it's. I guess we're used to being locked into using the same email if you're in a corporate situation because you've had to use the same email package because everyone needs to be on the same email platform. So it's that's been standardized for a while. But even that, you know, I've not found, I've not been to a company, I've not seen a company where the productivity of the employees is the number one concern. I've not, I've not seen a case where for example, there's a, 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 a VP who cares so much about productivity that he or she lobbies for this particular email software because it's better than the other email software. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's being made by some decision is made by somebody in IT, and their, their decision is not driven. They're not productivity people in the sense that they care about individual productivity. They may care about corporate productivity on some broader level, but even then, they're not experts in email management or task management. So they're definitely not making those, taking those inputs when they're making these decisions. Not true? They're not. They're not. Not only that, there is a bigger problem than that. What most people understand when you talk about productivity is some kind of, on some kind of understanding of personal productivity. That's mm -hmm. it. And... Personal productivity is a silo. Okay? It's about me being productive, and that's it. The problem is you're talking about a whole organization. You know, I've been talking about this and working with this. You know, I, and I said, there is a coin. If you imagine a coin or you're watching the video, you can see the coin. Okay? Mm -hmm. This coin has two sides. One side is personal productivity. But personal productivity goes from the border of that coin to the center. Okay, it's about me, it's about my silo, it's about my system. And as I ask people, think, bring me anybody who do personal productivity, and I will ask them this question. Have you ever shown your system to anybody? Mm -hmm. Okay, and over the years asking these questions, that is really funny when I come the memories of the people, I have asked this question on their faces. You know, it is like, I think if you ask the people, can you get naked, they will be way more willing than open the personal system. <laughs> so Maybe an exaggeration problem. slightly. Do, do, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let me tell you. I have yet to find the first person who is going to do it willingly. The problem with that is personal productivity, it's all about me, about my strength and of how I'm going to be able to move forward to get ahead of the rest. Mm -hmm. That's the brutal definition of personal mm -hmm. productivity. Mm -hmm. When you come to these organizations, then yes, you get an X percentage who believe in that, who, yes, they are defective. Yes, they are the overachievers, but they are not in general the people putting the policies. Mm -hmm. So the policies don't adapt to these people and don't adapt either to the people under because in many cases they don't have. So what I've been t 
thesis for a while now is on the concept of organizational productivity. And let me describe it this way. Organizational productivity is all about task-based management. What it is, you have a task, you have a project that you need to move forward, and you include into that communication, everybody, is instead of be a silo and closed system, it's an open system. You go from the center of the coin towards the outside of the coin and continue expanding. Why? Because it's not about what are my strengths, it's about where are the weakness on the organization and how we can move forward. So, so the company only cares about plugging the weaknesses and at the corporate level and correct. doesn't have doesn't have an advocate for the personal product the the, the 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 personal productivity of its individual employees. So it's kind of myopic is kind of what I hear you saying. It is completely myopic because and they're I making decisions and investments based on this overall picture, but if it if it ruins the personal productivity of each person, that's not our problem. If it doesn't affect the bottom line, and I can get out of not supporting that more that one more application, we are good. That is the the in many cases the IT right. cost. And by the way, let's, let's clarify: this is not IT. It's not that the ITs are the bad. People right. okay? in many right. cases they are right. under staff and under resource. Okay, you right. put three more applications, the guys can. Right. So, so I'm not talking bad about the IT people. I'm talking bad about the organization. We right. to this day have not yet to come to understand how important productivity is for the bottom line and for the organization. Right. So I can see this conversation happening. You know, IT sends IT sends the CEO an email saying, "We found a way to cut all these costs and cut all these risks and increase our security. And the way we do that is by limiting access to apps." And I imagine the CEO or the executive team looking at this and saying, "Oh, okay." And and it doesn't register apart from unless there's an exceptional person in the team, but it's no one's job to protect the productivity of the individual users the accumulation of all the users there's no one no one looking out for that concern so the problem will always persist right so you won't get the no, tools the, that the you problem want gets worse because depending at which level you are on that decision let's be right. honest depending right. which level you are in the food chain right this is how you see the problem right okay right. the executive right. sitting right. on his desk he's not thinking okay do i have in general Okay, do I have really the men, the manpower, hours, the, the resources to make this project forward? No, right. he has lieutenants under him and he said, I need this project moving forward. And now he pushed the problem down. And this person under him now is thinking, okay, I don't have the resources. Maybe he can come up and say, okay, I don't have the resources. Or maybe he just now needs to figure it out how, with the lack of resources he has, he is going to push. And as you said on your example, that email got to the CEO. CEO right. is looking the lieutenants, and those are looking for their lieutenants. Right. He is, in most cases, right. for medium going up enterprise, right. they are so disconnected. Right. I, I have worked with some of these mid to large level, you know, executive BPs and CEOs where they cannot even explain the products of the company. Explain, okay, when you ask them, what is the product of your company? 
Well, we have people who do that. It's not my right. job. No, no, right. no, no. You are the CEO of the company. Right, right. Let alone the productivity. Well, but that's the reason I'm saying this. If you cannot explain the product, what of your company, forget about things about productivity tools and people is doing their job or what resources they right. have or lack. Because you haven't you haven't thought through what do people need to do their best work. Because you tend to think what you need to do your best work. I need to do my best work. <laughs> Think about think about the following. We are doing the podcast. You are recording the podcast. Okay. When this podcast is done, you are going to push this file to somebody who is going to edit the file. Okay. And this person is going to edit the file, get the videos, get the audio, and push it back back to you. How many times on that process have you considered? Okay, what will be the easiest for this person? You thought, what was the easiest for me? I'm going to drop it in Dropbox, share the folder, and this person can drop it from there. Okay, that thinking happened. But did you have the conversation with this person? How can we make it better for you? Most likely, no. Oh, but that's, and that's, even, a, that's even a, simple, that's even a simpler version of what we're talking about. Because a CEO can't talk to 10,000 people. Well, he or she doesn't believe he can. He or she can. So they don't, which means... But it's not the only. This isn't the only area in which there's there are problems because I, I've seen it also with space allocation by putting putting people in bullpens and saying, oh, you know, they get a they get a proposal from facilities. Facilities says we can we can cut our our cost per square foot in half by doing away with individual cubicles and putting everybody in a big open space and having them share desks and hot desks and come in the days that they work and work from home the days they don't work. We cut our expense and the CEO goes, really? That's a good one also. Cool. Sign off. I I had a job. I had one of my my first jobs here in the United States as a salesman. I I, I began as a lawyer, moved to a salesman, then went to coach. But they, we moved the building and then on the new building, we were all in a bullpen situation and I went to my boss and said, I need, an, I need my office back. Say, no, no, everybody will be in this beautiful, open space. Okay, I'm loud. I'm aware of that. Not only that, if I, my job at that time, I was a sales manager for the Americans. So I begin my job speaking in Argentina and finish my day talking with Canada. That was my job. And I'm loud. Not only that, when you speak in Spanish and, you know, you get into that, the culture, it's a loud culture. The, the Latin culture is not exactly quiet. Okay, Canadians, you talk to them and you can almost whisper and they are good. In a Latin country, if you whisper, you will never make business. Okay, <laughs> The loudest guy get the deal. So I, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday of that first week that I got called to the CEO office. And CEO, well, people is complaining about you being too loud. And I look at him and say, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to sell or do you want me to, to be quiet? I cannot do both. So <laughs> I know what next week said. I had an office <laughs> <laughs> with a door so I don't bother With a me. door. It's a great example of until somebody complains, the CEO decides has decided that the bullpen is the best, the cutting back the software is the best, 
Um, the, the way we do email, the, the, most companies have no email protocols and they don't do email training. So in other words, it's a wild, wild west. So having everyone do their own thing on email, go oh well. And meetings, you know, we complain about meetings and how bad meetings are. And most companies have no, once again, there's no protocols and there's no training. So meetings are allowed to, to run among anybody. Any, anybody can have a meeting by just sending a few emails. And these are a few any of these. Length, any length, any, any level, invite anyone they want and not have an agenda and say, so what are we here to talk about? They come and say, but the, 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 common, the common thread among all of those is that it's, it's, it's desperately easy for executives to make decisions that impact individual productivity without even a consideration. And this sounds like the latest manifestation of a trend. If you, if you call it a, a, a series of decisions that executives have been making, that impact personal productivity without any kind of pushback or any question, because most companies, employees are not going to get together and say, we need access to task management software. That's not, that's unlikely to happen. So we're looking for, we're going to pivot to solutions in, in just a minute, but that one is unlikely to happen because the power structure of most companies is not set up to allow common sense like that to bubble up. <laughs> Well, and in many cases, you don't have the option. The problem is corporate has been, in, in, and again, this a lot of these things apply to me to, to large corporations, but yeah. you are now allowing me to bring my device, okay? Because many organizations, you know, they discover, oh, if we let them bring their device, we can save a bunch of money instead of spending hundreds on their cell phone plans and the phone and the insurance, we pay them 25 bucks. It's a great deal. Fine. Now you allow me to bring my device, but you don't allow me to use my device the best way I can. Or you right. allow me to bring my device, but I cannot copy and paste from your email to something else into the into my own device because of your security policies. So then why you're allowing me to bring your, my device? Give me one that is not unlocked and I can actually do work. Right, right. So in the example that we gave of Rob, presumably Rob is looking at the future of instead of being able to seamlessly copy and paste tasks mm -hmm. into his uh, task management software um, on, his, on his laptop, now the new policies that Sue is telling him about are going to restrict him from doing that. So he's now going to have to use his smartphone and enter them one at a time, you know, kind of or worst worse what's worse than yes. that well because you are assuming that he will be able to enter into the system and carry the phone and have the inter and interact the rest of the things on his phones but i have seen clients where they cannot even go from the email corporate email on their phone to copy that information and paste it into their no account. oh yeah you mean it's just plain evil? Is there a re that's a security concern as well, or it's just built that way? Is that just random it's, software? There are security. There are security concerns, and you are locked to even copy paste the information for inside the device. Inside your device. I've seen clients not being able to copy paste from email to Microsoft Teams on their corporate 
computer. You can't copy from the email, corporate email to the corporate Microsoft Teams. Into the corporate machine. And behind it, there's some IT person <laughs> who's decided, yeah, sure, they don't need that. <laughs> they don't what need do that. I know? And nobody complains and it goes down, you know, and everyone is left. Call it a micro. Let's call it a micro. You know, they have microaggressions. There's a word for that. What's a word for a micro productivity dent where someone makes some small decision somewhere in the bowels of IT and it affects every single person in the company and wastes them five minutes a day? What do you what do you call it? A micro what? A micro. I call it a disaster, but but it's micro disaster. But it happened <laughs> in many organizations where that is that luck. And the problem is not that. The problem is somebody in IT or okay or VP level decided we need these high security level policies. Okay, so we protect the information. They did not think on the implications of this side. And what you have on the other side is the users figure it out how they're going to figure this out. So you now have the user who will come with their phone, take a picture of their screenshot, okay? I saw a picture of the screen, so right. they can text it to somebody else inside of the company. Well, there is your security through the window. <laughs> through the window, right, right, right. It's actually worse because you're, you're wasting their time, you're, wasting, you're using the, the technology in an inappropriate way because you don't have a choice. And what do you do? You collect it. You, with, with, maybe we should pivot now into solutions because yeah. given, the, given the nature of the problem for, for task management, the, the 10,000 people in the company still need to manage their tasks in a way that's effective. They can't, they, you don't are, want them using really memory. Good news. They're really what, good news today. What are some answers? And, and we need to say thanks to Google for this. Okay, mm -hmm. Google create what is called a PWA, that is basically a progressive web application. Okay. And it's you, an application that you can access through a web browser, and you can then download and create an application. Most IT, even super log systems, will allow you to install a PWA. Okay, that is great news. That means applications like Todoist will work. If you need to install... Um, you know, Todoist will work, Nosby Teams will work. There are some of them that will work. And there are some of these applications, okay, who are really trying to put the same capabilities on the mobile application or the desktop application into these PWAs. Because what is the problem you find is, okay, I was able to access my task management online, but then now I cannot do the many of the things I used to do on the device. So now, yes, you access the information, but you continue cripple. Is it because the PWA is a stripped down version of what you would find on uh, a regular uh, a regular laptop in a regular environment or on your phone? No, it is just a matter of decisions from the matter of the coder. The coder can make that as powerful, you know, to do is Nosby Teams as two examples are as powerful on the web as they are on the phone. You can do everything oh, you okay. do on one or the other. 
Okay. Not every developer company can or make that decision. And the reason I make that decision is some of these companies are two, three programmers. Okay. They don't have the manpower. Oh, okay. To, to go create a web app version or of the. Some of them make the decisions. OmniFocus is one of those. Okay. I was a user for OmniFocus for many time, and I only recommend it for people who have a really specific set of conditions. You work on a Mac, you only have Apple products, and you are in a silo. Because there's no, the there's no web version of OmniFocus. There, no, there is a web version, but it's not as powerful. There is no collaboration. Okay. So if you need to collaborate with somebody else, OmniFocus is already out of the window. Okay. But, uh, but uh, uh, the typical IT department would not, would not take that into consideration because why should they? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a level of, it's a level of distinction that we care about, and individuals care about deeply, because they want the freedom to be able to move between environments. But the ones making the decisions actually don't care about. No, not only that. For them, means oh great, I was able to block everything else. That means I will need to support two or three or thousand less applications. That's a great news. So it's, it's easier. For, it's easier on IT. We have they cut our budget, and we have less people, so we don't have to support. And we leave it up to your own devices. And good luck. Correct. Okay. All right. So with that, with that distinction in mind, let's let's talk solutions. Um, so you're Rob, and you're in this awful situation. Uh, what what can you do to work around? Well, the first thing Rob needs to to get is. Hopefully, Rob's understand what is a, P, a PWA, okay? What is a progressive web application and how can install it on his system, okay? If you can access that application on your browser for the corporation, you will be able to access the PWA. So that's the first piece of knowledge that Robert had. The problem is even into productivity people, we are not technicals, okay? They, they may yeah. not have that technical knowledge. They may not know that those options exist. The option they know was I could download the application and now I cannot. And that's the first level of issue. Okay, the first ed we, bit of education that needs to happen. There is a lot of education that needs to happen into how I'm going to work with the limitations that IT happen. And really IT has the tools to help these people and say, okay, if you use any of these applications, let us know. We will try to help. That doesn't happen, but let us know. I, what I have seen as a coach is people is on the road. I work with clients who, you know, nobody has explained them how to create a folder in Outlook. Okay. Well, not even that, right? Because there's no training. There is no training, okay? You go in there, I give you a laptop, okay? And I'm assuming that you know how that works. Okay. Oh, you'll figure it out. <laughs> There's YouTube. And if not, you will figure it out. Oh, no, we blocked YouTube, so you can't use that. <laughs> well, go to YouTube, but don't go to YouTube in the corporate machine. Do it on no, your no, you personal because no, we don't want do it on your to phone. do that. So, yeah, so we blocked that for you. But, but you see all the problems you are putting, okay? And then on top of that, now you're going to push 50 to 100 emails to this person. Right. So the, Okay. So the first level of problem is if, Education. If, if IT blocks you from downloading applications, you may have to find a preferred app that has a PWA. 
Uh, or check. Uh, maybe your own application have a PWA. Maybe they already have it. And maybe, maybe you can already have it. get by using it. To, that if they have it, it's as powerful as the desktop. That's the first thing. That's the first maybe, easy answer. The first easy answer. But really, it's a matter of education. You know, and I remember, <laughs> and I'm coming back to tell stories, so to uh -huh. tell you the answer, but mm -hmm. I remember the first laptop I bought for, for work. Okay, the first laptop I worked was a tablet PC. And yes, I just dropped my ID with my date of birth. But uh, <laughs> okay, and I had a Dell machine and I went to my boss and said, will you authorize me to put this machine into the network? And he was looking at me like, why? I said, well, because this will allow me when I'm doing, I spend my day on a screen. I spend my day talking to clients instead of having the wall, I will be able to flip this screen. I will be able to take notes with a pencil. I will be able to twist the thing around. Okay. I'm not asking the company to buy. I understand that's not going to happen. I'm asking you to sign the authorization so I can bring the computer in. And he did. And he never understood it. He never to this day he doesn't he didn't he didn't know he what said, he signed. Correct. He just trusted so, you. The issue is that is the first step line of defense is education. Okay. And is and you may be able to have the tools to do it yourself, or you may need to find a person like me, a coach who can help you to improve and fine-tune your solutions. So you you would be as a coach, you would be an intermediary between the person you're coaching and their company. That is because correct. You you'd have to you'd have to give this person, say you were coaching yourself back in the day and you, you, you had the tablet and you said, I want to use it at work. And as the coach, you would have to say to that person, okay, um, let me break it down for you in English so you can understand, but let's craft a conversation that you have with your boss because he or That's she correct. needs to be literate. You need to raise his level of education and understanding because without the level of, let's call it productivity literacy, without right, the right level. Literacy. Oh, I'm going to call that the first. That's our first insight. Do you hear that? Yes. I got a bell. <laughs> productivity literacy. Okay. Because if, if, if you can't be at that level and your boss can't be at the same level, you can't have a conversation. Correct. You can't have a productive. No, you convinced your boss to sign to sign the the authorization, and he he said he probably said I have no idea what I'm signing, but aside anyway. So his literacy wasn't there because he did. Next person who comes along, he's like, what? So there's something companies need to do to raise the literacy of employees and managers so that they can have these conversations about productivity, because it's not about it's not about security. And it's also not about just putting your computer on the network. It's not a it's not a technical activity that not you're really engaged in. Productivity issue. The motive is a productivity issue. I had right. a client. I had a client some years back where this person travels or used to travel pre-pandemic at least. I don't know. I don't know what he's traveling today. But pre-pandemic, this person was traveling 200 to 250 days a year. Okay, so he lived basically on a plane. And he was jogging this PC laptop. Okay, that really 
90% of his job was email. Okay. The other 10% of his job was checking PowerPoint on Excel. There, he didn't have any need for that low power, low battery machine that he had. Mm -hmm. So he asked for an iPad and the response of his boss was an iPad is an entertainment device. We don't need it. Okay? <laughs> That's illiteracy. <laughs> that is. Productivity that is exactly. illiteracy. So he and I worked together into build the pilot. And that's what we did. We went, right, he and I worked together. We went to his boss and proposed a pilot. We're going to buy this iPad. You're going to approve it. And we are going to test it and show how like the product. pilot program. Correct. A pilot so program, correct. And it was a productivity program, therefore. Correct. To show the impact of an iPad on the group or the department's productivity. Correct. Right. And what ended up happening is out of the three or four, there were four VPs on that on that group. This is a lot in a large company. Okay, out of the four, three of them end up with an iPad and digital laptops. Why? Because now they move from a machine that has at the time this is this is some mm -hmm. years back. Okay, mm -hmm. three three hours of battery to a machine that can last almost all day. That they could be way more effective. That they could just put a keyboard and be a so they, so they all became literate as a result of the intervention. Correct. And they all could talk about being more productive by using their the right devices in the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is the first step is you need to understand what are the limitations of the company. And if they don't have that education, well, then it's your job to raise it. And if that means you need to buy the first device to get the approval, Take it as an investment on you. This is one of the things that I see so much with people. You say, oh, well, I really need a scanner. Have you asked the corporation to get your scanner? Well, yes, but they will not buy it. Okay. So let me ask you this. How long it takes you to do the job without a scanner? Okay. And then you get this ridiculous answer in some cases. Well, it's taking me three hours a day. Right. Okay? And if you get the scanner, how much will be? Oh, it will be 25 minutes. Okay, so you tell me you are going to save two and a half hours a day if you get the scanner. The corporations say no, but you are not making the investment? Sorry, forget about the company. Make the investment out of your own pocket because in the worst case scenario, you are saving two and a half hours of work that you can think, that you can do better work, that you can do many things. And that is the second important insight. If the corporation can't, be educated and don't want or don't want to be don't want educated. to be mm -hmm. okay then you need to understand if this investment is going to be better for you because mm -hmm. if you do a tedious work that you can automate because you are going to invest 250 dollars in a scanner do it because in the end of a year the return investment of that is massive no, I, I like what you're saying because most employees, as you, as you, what you're intimating is that they don't think that way. No. They, they would keep on complaining for years, actually, and keep on being ineffective and keep, have, keep having to work overtime. You know, keep having to work harder and keep having to have more stress when if they had bought, they bought the solution themselves, they actually would have avoided all of that. But to... to, to 
there's kind of a, it's a little bit of an entitlement kind of thinking, which is that if I can't get it from the management, therefore I can't get it at all. And that's the end. But in the rest of their life, they're normal. They, they would, you know, decline yeah, new tiles. I go buy new tiles, I don't think about it. I have walking to corporations, you hear people complaining, you know, the headphones, oh, the headset they give me for this to work is so bad. Hold on. A headset is less than a hundred bucks. You spend eight hours of your life, five times a week in here. You cannot spend a dollar an hour. Okay. In three weeks, you will save 120 bucks and buy the headset that you want. That is going to be comfortable. That is going to allow you to do your work more. If you cannot make that connection, you are also part of the problem. Okay, we need, we need a name for this for this thinking where you where you where you think practically about your solutions that you need, and you think and you you take responsibility for it if responsibility, necessary. Responsibility, correct. Um, what would you call it? Let's let's give it a phrase that we can ring the bell. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like you personal need to be responsible for your own productivity. All right. Well, the idea is there, so I'm going to give that a ding because it's most people in companies don't, they, they believe productivity is something almost like it's given to me by, or it's, it's shaped for me by my environment. And but it's given and taken away. about the environment. <laughs> yeah. That's right. that's, that, that's, and the game goes on, right? People at the lunchroom saying, can you believe this, this nonsense? They, they, restricted our access to the web and, and now we have to do this and now we have to do that. Whereas if they, they, they could actually make an investment and actually improve their productivity on their own, and it would actually make a... Often I find people think about productivity in the office, different from productivity in their life. They, 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 they draw this false... They put a false wall in place, and they think that... That is correct. When, when I wrote 25 Tips for Productivity, uh-huh. when I wrote 25 Tips for Productivity, I talk about that. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. And right. there is so many people stuck right. into their companies because they are not asking the question. And the questions right. are not asked for three reasons. Reason number one is because I don't know what is the question I need to ask. No literacy. I know I hate this PC, but right. I don't know how to ask that I want something different. Right, right. Okay, or what are the options that I can produce to the company? Right. So right. we go back to that education. Second right. is you need to look into, even if they say no, how can I improve my own productivity? How can I do this job better? You know, how can I, what are the tools that I need provided or not provided that right. are going to allow me to be better? at what right. I'm doing. Right, right. Even if because I have to get them, right. Even if I need to get them, right. okay? They're yours. If you leave the company, you pack them in your box. Right. Someone who willingly spend... You're going spend... to use them in the next job, most likely. Right, right. Someone who willingly spend thousands on a, on a car that gets them to work 5% faster or 2% more safely or... But to spend 100 bucks on a headset is like... Oh no, oh, no. 100 bucks. Oh, no. So those are two problems. You need to go and educate the organization and you need to go and look what are the tools that are going to allow you to do your job better. Right. If you don't look at those two points, then you are just 
deciding that you are going to be a victim of the environment and the circumstances. And by the way, there is people who is perfectly happy. They're not listening to this show, but they're perfectly happy with being on that position. This right. show is not for them. This show is for the other part, the part that is frustrated, the Rob who is frustrated and is trying to, how I'm going to solve this problem. And sometimes it's okay not to have the answer to the problem. It is okay to say, okay, I need a coach. I need a digital coach. I need somebody who I can call and bounce this. Sometimes you have the friends. Sometimes you don't. It is a, fine. A friendly third party. And find what are those resources. Invest the hour conversation, the half an hour conversation with this person. Go to Reddit if you are geeky enough and ask the question. But right. if you are not willing to educate the corporation, and again, in many cases, corporation will not change or be allowed to be educated. Okay. You try door number one, check. Now go to number two. How can I make this better for myself? Check. You know, I. if you don't take your own personal productivity on your hands, the organization will not. The organization is looking how we're going to reduce cost. Right. And they want you to do more. So right. figure it out how you are going to balance those two. Right. Let me let me ask you. Uh, let me let me put a, a closing a closing um, comment as we start to wrap up, which is that you're right. Some of the people listening to this are going to be employees. Um, some are are not going to have employees. They're just going to be solos. Um, a lot of people who care a lot about productivity leave companies because they they're more productive outside and they can't bear to be so unproductive working for somebody else. And that's mm-hmm. that's a fact. That lots of but I'm hoping that we'll also be talking to managers. So there are managers, right, who are right now messing and creating a hash and getting them in the way of their employees' productivity right. because they don't have the education. And I'm hoping as, as they're listening, they're willing to go back and have a conversation with employees, which kind of looks like, um, tell me something, guys. Are there some obvious ways you could be more productive if I kind of just did a few things differently? <laughs> yes, <laughs> to have that to initiate that conversation if you're a manager with your with your exactly. reports. And if you don't know, look for the help. I had a client in Virginia, it's a nonprofit, and the director of this nonprofit is not a tech person. Okay, it's, it's she's amazing at what she do, but she's not a tech person. So I went there, work with her, how we were going to help her team to work. And not only that, and how her team was going to help her, okay, with the limitations that she had on technology, okay, knowledge and that she was willing to do or not do, how they were going to work as a team. And that was a brilliant move. She did not know how to explain to them what their limitations were. Right. So what we did was what we sit the whole team and train the whole team how to really make this work. We change the tools, we make it so they're open and collaborative. And now what was a weakest link, what was a cog in the system, we were able to turn it around and make it something where now everybody is affected. Right, right, right. Because, And I imagine that he or she, I guess, had to maybe also go to IT 
and say, listen, I had a meeting with my team and I asked them what they need to be productive and they say they need A, B, and C and IT yeah. has created it, made it difficult for them to get what they want in order to be productive. Well, it, was, it was really difficult. The first thing that she wanted to do was change their old laptops for um, Surface. Again, they did it. They, they end up having Surface for her team. Okay, but IT said, no, we're not going to do and we needed to build together the case why there was a difference and why they needed to do it. And at the end, they won the case. Because ultimately, it's a, it's, a, it's a question of productivity first. That's, that's, right. that's, that's all the company. But when you know what the product of the company is, then you care about productivity. But when you don't know, then it's easy to get sideswiped by, oh, no, services cost too much to maintain. Oh, no, no, we don't, we don't have anybody who knows Surface well enough to, to provide support. Oh, no, right. Surfaces, we're not sure about the, 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 the security. Or the, then all those other arguments went over because executives aren't appropriately focused on what they should be focused on. Well, and that's not their job. That's so let's be honest. That's the executive in this example, this case, that was not her job. Okay. She, she, she needed the tool or she didn't have the knowledge. What she did great was she found the outside help to bring right. her team help to the team when she felt the internal team was not helping. She, right. Again, she educated herself. She right. failed to educate the corporation because she didn't right. have the knowledge. Right. And the IT didn't give them. So she went on her own, educate herself, willing to get the, even the first, the first surface was her own. Right. They tested, and right. then they came now over-educated and win right. the case with the company. Right, 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 right. And guys, if you're listening into the podcast or watching the video and you're, you're thinking, I don't know if that applies to me. Think of anybody who you work with that you may be impinging their productivity and it may benefit you to ask the question, what am I doing or what, what could I do or what could we do in order to raise the productivity of us working together as a team or even as a, a team of two people? Wow. So Augusto, having 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 now we've, we we got a couple of dings in, which tell us that we've got some good insights up. What's no how, can folks, how, can, how can folks get a hold of you? <laughs> you know, the easiest way to get a hold of me is at Productivity Voice, www.productivityvoice.com. There are all my social media, all my contacts, emails, and everything else. Great. Augusto, thanks for, thanks for coming on the Task Management and Time Blocking podcast. I appreciate your, your willingness to, to think inside out and to tackle this problem kind of from the ground up so that our listeners can, can really benefit from hearing us have these kinds of conversations that they otherwise wouldn't hear. So thanks a lot, my, my friend. How are you going? My pleasure, my friend. Okay. Show isn't over. Stay tuned. There's a couple more notes that are coming up in just a moment. During my discussion with Augusto Pinald, you may have been wondering, well, I don't work for a company, but my progress and my growth still isn't where I want it to be. Well, here's a clip from the next episode of the podcast. But you have a sort of inner drive 
So keep growing, keep learning, and keep getting better. And to feel as if that has stopped is almost like, on a personal level, kind of feeling defeated, if you're all about growth. That's my voice, Francis Wade. I'm the guest in the next episode of the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. And if you want to leave a comment about this episode or any aspect of the work that we're doing here at the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, you can go over to www.replytofrancis.info and send me either a message uh, by text or send me a voice message, a voice note. And as you probably know, we have a couple of places that you can interact with other people, talk about this episode. One is at the community, mightytaskers.scheduleu.org, and you'll see the link in the show notes. And the other, of course, is our upcoming Task Management and Time Blocking Summit coming up in March. Two outstanding opportunities to interact with other people about the ideas that you've heard on this podcast or any of your episodes that are coming up. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing, I invite you to click on the Patreon link below to make a donation. And please don't forget to like our show and recommend it to others on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or whatever past podcast, app, or service you're using. This is Francis Wade. I'm signing out. I hope to see you on a future episode. And until then, take care and all the best. See you later. <laughs>